Welcome to Buffalo Game Day Recap. I'm Thad Brown along with AJ Feldman and Carl Jones. We are going Freeman Weave today. We are in studio because we wanted to do this after we knew exactly what the Bills playoff situation would be. They are not in yet. They have a very good chance still, although I believe their New York Times odds actually dropped a little bit today after all the things that happened outside. But very simple. If they beat the Dolphins next week, they win the division. If they don't, they still get in if either the Jags or the Steelers lose. But if I were the Bills, I would not hold out for that. We'll get to that a little later on. First, let's talk about Bills and Patriots. AJ, start with you here. The defense was really good and really was the driver of this game. And a lot of ways it was one guy, but it's not fair, I don't think, to just put it on that one guy's shoulders. No, I mean, you start off the game with a kickoff return for a touchdown, then a three and out, I believe. Defense is put in a pretty tough spot. They had to step up quick, early, and that first quarter they were just relentless. Getting at Bailey Zappi, forcing turnovers, interceptions, Rasul Douglas doing everything, Trell Bernard, Daquan Jones coming back. It, it was another game where the defense played really well against a really bad quarterback. Carl, you've been talking about Rasul Douglas, what he brings to the table, and you know we've seen the good and the bad from Douglas, and this game obviously was pretty much a clinic on what Rasul Douglas at his height can do for a defense. Take away the ball. And I mean, there were situations where he knew the guy across from him was inferior and he, he baited, baited Bailey Zappi into some throws they probably shouldn't have made. But that's why you go and get a guy for a third round pick. I don't know what Brandon B said to the Packers to somehow swift them and make that trade. But regardless, I know Bill's Mafia is happy that he's a, a Buffalo Bill now. Look, there are so many ways that you can affect a game as a cornerback, but the number one way is to take the ball away and did it twice, but then the way he got into the end zone when the offense was struggling a little bit, that also, I guess, gave it a little boost to the team as well. The thing I like about Douglas is that on a defense that's always been kind of about, we're going to sit back and we're going to catch what you do. You know, you can do what you want, but we're going to look over and you're just going to see people everywhere and you won't find any, any openings. Douglas is an attacker. Douglas is a taker. Douglas is not going to, he's going to go out and grab stuff. And it's a, a fascinating combination of styles because he can play that zone stuff. Not only he doesn't know how to, what to do, but you know he he grabs and takes and attacks on a defense that's you know they're they're famous. Bend but don't break. I mean, what do you say after the game? Kind of like that Steph Curry feeling, where like, yeah. hey, when you're hitting, no one's gonna get mad at you. But if you get beat on a couple of double moves, the coach is like, hey, um, let's stop jumping all these darn routes and um, play the scheme that you're asked to do. But when it works, it looks phenomenal. Now, AJ, beyond Douglas. Um, there were other heroes, Christian Benford, peanut punch, you know, forced the other, the one turnover that Douglas was not involved in. Um, Ed Oliver, I mean, dude should be running routes, being able to make a catch like that. Um, he did travel on the celebration, though. He did. His little Euro step, that was like seven steps. I mean, <laughs> I mean it, you know, LeBron, even in today's NBA, that's a travel. <laughs> so, one, one mistake by Ed yeah, Oliver. Exactly. He also had a sack to go with the Euro step and the interception. He's now a half sack away from 10 for a year. You know, there were other parts of this defense. Now, we, we might get into criticizing the D a little bit for giving up big, long drives to Bailey, Bleep, and Zappy. But early in the game, like you said, when they needed to make plays, it wasn't just Douglas. This was an onslaught of defense. Yeah, I mean, Daquan Jones comes back. Mm -hmm. Looked like he was doing typical Daquan Jones things, standing in the middle, not letting him be moved out of the middle, getting double teams. And now, you know, Micah Hyde comes back. They're getting healthier. Uh, you know, they're still missing Trey White. They're still missing Matt Milano. But in today's NFL, with what everything's going around around the league, if you've got 20 of your 22 starters, that's pretty good. And now the defense is rounding into form. We, we talked about this earlier in this year. 
can this defense be the reason why mm -hmm. they go deep in the playoffs? Now that they've got their pieces back, they even added Russell Douglas. Not, not to say, you know, Trey White for Douglas one-to-one. -one. They do different things, you know. Mm -hmm. At Trey White's full power, he's still a better player. But now they're kind of almost missing just one piece. And Tyrell Dodson's been good enough. He's certainly not Matt Milano. But they, they almost have their full repertoire now. And the thing about the defense, too, is that because their injuries happened three months ago, They've had time to figure it out. Mm -hmm. You know, all the other teams, especially the ones that have lost quarterbacks recently, are now trying to throw it together on the run as the playoffs approach. The Bills know who they are. You know, they talk about finding an identity. We've seen it. You know, now, and Carl, my question to you is, though, and AJ just brought it up, can it be enough? Because this same defense that threw up four turnovers, scored a touchdown today, you know, when they had a chance to put their foot on New England's throat, they backed off the gas and let Bailey Zappi go up and down the field, which looked exactly like what happened last week with Easton Stick. You know, and this is on top of a defense that's already lost games late to Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, and the Broncos with Russell Wilson, who, for whatever he is, has been benched. You know, so it's not like they're losing to Justin Herbert and Pat Mahomes every week. Despite the turnovers, how good can this defense be when we're talking about mid to late January games? I think you got to put it on a little bit of a grading curve to a certain extent. Do I think that they're an elite unit? No, I don't think they have enough guys. I know we've been using that phrase all year, but like elite grade A guys that can kind of go above and beyond the scheme. But they have enough B, B-plus guys to where they can kind of suffocate the inferior teams. But you, the concerns come to play where you play a team that can go mano a mano player for player across the ball. And I think that's where some of the troubles lie. For example, that Eagles game about a, mm -hmm. a month ago where – the guy across from you is A.J. Brown, not whoever the receiver was for the uh, Patriots today, no disrespect. That's little, little, little disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling it how I see it, all right? But at the end, that's where I think the, the concern lies. But look, they did what they were supposed to do. I know they still can't stop a screen pass to save their life, which is really concerning at this point in the year. Well, because the offense can never give them a good look. Ugh. They don't know how to run either. <laughs> and that is true. That is true. But I, I think that's where I kind of lie with the defense right now. Real quick, uh, reactions. I had mine on Buffalo Kickoff Live today. Reactions to Von Miller being inactive today. AJ. It makes sense, and this is kind of something I hypothesized on last week's show. Who knows? Maybe if they make him active for next week, the rest helps. I don't know. Y you had to do something. It just wasn't working. The way they were putting Miller out in the rotation, they had to do something. I applaud the coaching staff for, you know, Miller's the star. He's getting paid a lot of money. He's, he's a big name. He's a personality, et cetera. I applaud them for, for sitting him down today. I agree. I was kind of shocked to see it. But, I mean, based off what we've seen over the past month or two months or so, I mean, the, you are what your film says you are, and at this point he's not a productive player. And, and you know, to kind of AJ's point, this was kind of the, the last bullet in the gun. You know, like what, what else can you do? He's had bye weeks. He's had Thursday games. They've given him almost three months now to ramp up into a productive player. It hasn't happened. Why not sit him down and see if that makes a difference? But at this point, you know, I have very little optimism that, that he's going to become anything um, close to what they expected this year. All right, let's go to the offensive side of the ball. This will be a decidedly different tone <laughs> of conversation. Um, number one. Is Josh Allen and the passing game as bad as it's been all year, AJ? I think it has to be. I think it's as bad as it's been maybe since his rookie season. I mean, who, who do they have right now? Stephon Diggs, for whatever reason, whether it's coverage, double teams, losing a step, maybe being hurt, dropping balls, it's just not there right now. It, next week, he could go off 150 yards. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't question it. But right now, you know, he doesn't have it. Gabe Davis... 
you know, you flip a coin, you figure out what Gabe Davis should get, and most of the time it comes up. I don't, what do you have, two catches today, something like that, two or three maybe? The fact you don't know is all we need yeah, to say. Yeah, either way. And, you know, the passing game is just not something you can rely on right now. Mm. And James Cook really didn't do a lot. Right now, you know, we came out of this Dallas game, oh, maybe the ground and pound could be their identity. I don't know what they do well on offense right now except – Josh Allen picking up short yardage situations, third and ones, you know. He has money on those. <laughs> he is money on that. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be taking a toll on him. You know, mm-hmm. everybody was like, oh, you know, just keep running Josh. He's indestructible. Well, well, they had to run him again, and he got hurt today. So, you know, they just don't do a lot well right now. To your point about James Cook, 16 carries, 48 yards, three a pop. I will say New England is the number one per carry run defense in the NFL. So, you know, maybe against teams that aren't super elite, and again, if you want to talk about the Baltimore game down the road, they defend everything, so it might not matter. But, but this was the best run defense, so maybe some excuse there. But, Carl, one thing that you and I talked about a couple different times is kind of the four-game dividing line. You know, early in the year, Ken Dorsey was great. Four super games. Then right after week four, they get to week five. Jacksonville looks like they have them figured out, and a month and a half later, the guy's fired. Well, Joe Brady steps in. First four games, 30 points in three. They win three of four. But the last two, and especially this game, you know, this offense, like A.J. said, does not have anything it can rely upon. Is this a situation where kind of the novelty is gone and teams have kind of figured Joe Brady out a little fire bit? Fire him again. <laughs> Another bullet that Next you can't up. fire again. <laughs> no, I think to a certain extent it has. And I know the one thing that um, before Joe Brady got this job, I was like, all right, he's, a, he's big in terms of getting backs involved out of the backfield, running game. And – to this point, that's kind of been a little bit true, but today the backs weren't involved in the passing game, and then for whatever's happened with the receivers on the outside, it's fell apart. So, I mean, outside of the Eagles game, which I believe was Joe Brady, if I'm not mistaken, yep. the passing game has just gone on a, a severe decline. I don't, like, you, we talked about this. Oh, you could say the Chiefs elite DBs. I get it. Oh, Cowboys, you didn't need to pass the ball. But at this point, it's a legit problem, and I know I didn't want to ring the alarm last week. I am at this point. First time uh, Josh Allen has gone four straight games under 250 yards since 2019. We've touched on a little bit. Stephon Diggs, what's the problem? I mean, seriously, you know, he's not hurt. He, according to the team, he's not on the injury report. Um, we've asked Sean McDermott multiple times if something is wrong. He has said no. So at this time, it's have fun with theories. You know, Carl, you can go first. What's wrong with Stephon Diggs? I think it's a combination of everything. He's, when he's get his number called upon, he's not sometimes not getting open. Sometimes he's dropping passes. Other times, guys are doing, uh, t- other teams are doing a good job of taking him away. But this isn't the first time that Stephon Diggs has seen double teams. This isn't the first time that Stephon Diggs has gone against defenses who try to take him out of the game. So whatever the case may be, it might be a combination of everything, they have to figure it out because you're not going to go far in the postseason without your ace being an ace. And even a bigger problem, your ace needs to be, like your number one receiver, to be, on, to be a number one receiver, you have to be on the field. Because if you're not on the field, you're not anybody's number one. You're just, you're number eight. You know, you're not, you're number 14. You're sitting on the sideline. And, and the snaps have been down, 46% against Dallas, like we said, didn't need them, 60% last week against the Chargers, and I don't know what the number was from this game, but I know from watching, because somebody in this group had an anytime touchdown Stephon Diggs bet today, I know he was not on the field a lot. So the fact that he's not out there is alarm bell number one. But AJ, I mean, where, you know, where do we go with the Stephon Diggs dilemma right now? I think it might just be a snowballing effect, you know. You, you get a lot of double teams. It gets to you. You, you look across the field of, of you. Nobody's helping you out. Gabe Davis, Khalil Shakir, nobody can really manufacture routes to get open to help you out. Then you start dropping some passes. Then, you know, you, you get upset. You know, it just, it just wears on you where you're just not your typical player. 
it, it's, it's really weird to see this version of Stefan Diggs at, at what he is right now because he's just not, you know, it's like we kind of talked about last week. There's, there's no, like, wow, Stefan Diggs routes. There's no, you know, okay, oh, you know, we had third down in this. We saw single coverage. Just go get open. And, you know, a year ago, two years ago, whatever, that was good for once or twice a game, just the digs get open play. We're not seeing that anymore. To be fair, in each of the last two weeks, he's beaten a guy deep for what would have been a 70, 80-yard touchdown, and Josh has just missed him. Mm -hmm. One was an interception last week, and this one just a yard and a half too far. But again, the, the big concern for me is the lack of snaps. You know, your number one receiver should be on the field 80% of the time minimum. He's not coming close to that. And if you can't get that guy on the field, then again, there's no point in calling him your number one. And if he's not hurt, then I don't know what the answer is. You know, and, and it could, it might be he's not hurt. Maybe he's getting old. You know, receivers, when they get to 30 years old, which is what Stephon Diggs turned last month, you know, that's when they start to hit the downhill side. Now, I wouldn't expect him to do it right away, but, you know, it, it isn't impossible. And this is not, now maybe, look, could they be, Saving him for the postseason, I guess, but they're not even in the postseason. Yeah, they've yet. been in the postseason for the last five weeks. Exactly. So it, it wouldn't make much sense. And regardless, this is a problem that needs to be solved. Let's talk about the postseason now. So we were having this discussion a little while um, before we came on camera. Where, you know, AJ and I both said we like the fact the Bills won the game, but big picture, they take a hit. And Carl's like, well, they take a hit, but how far down do you knock them, you know? And, and Carl, you use the, 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 the tallest midget comparison, which is, you know, what they might be outside of Baltimore. So, so maybe use a different analogy. Well, we, we would, that's still an accurate one. You know? <laughs> All right. The point is, is where do we see the Bills as a Super Bowl contender? And I think there's two questions here. A, where do you rank them in the AFC? But the other way I look at it is B, can you see this team winning three playoff games in a row? Because that's what it takes. I think it really depends on, A, if they win next week. Because if, if you're telling me, can they win two home games and then either go to Baltimore and figure something out or... Catch you know, a break. Yeah, catch a break and you get three home games. Sure, I think you can do that. Can they go as the six or seven seed and try and grind out three playoff games on the road to get into the Super Bowl? I don't know if they have that because, you know, when we're talking about the defense, can it take them or whatever, you know, they got to win four games to win the Super Bowl. Years in the past couple years, you could say, all right, Josh Allen and the offense could win me all four games. I'm not trusting that. You know, the defense is going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting, pick up the offense. It's going to be really tough for this team to win four really good games in a row with how they're playing right now. At, at this, you know, this yeah. version of the Bills. I think AJ hit it right on the head. I mean, look, the defense can play as good as they want. But this team will only go as far as 17 in that passing game and that elite offense can take them. This isn't like a defense where they're like, oh, they got the, the Ravens defense or what the Browns or Jets or like some team like that. They're good enough. They're not going to, you assume, wouldn't lose you a game. But when you got a guy like 17 who is really darn good, one of the best players on the planet, if they're not clicking, all it takes is a couple bad quarters because today they got lucky that they were going, against, going up against Bailey Zappi. But you saw what Lamar Jackson did today. You fall behind him, good luck. You fall behind... I mean, the AFC is so shot right now. I don't know who else you could say that. <laughs> That's about. the thing. If, if it falls their way, they could face some really bad teams. Well, not really bad, but they could. Well, I mean, they, they could theoretically, if they beat Miami next week, we could see a road. We got a little more clarity on it today. We could see a road that would be, what, Houston? It, it could be like Mason Rudolph and the Steelers, Joe Flacco and the Browns, and then, you know. Well, they, wouldn't, they probably wouldn't catch Joe Flacco round two. The, the, if, if they'd probably catch Kansas City round two because Kansas City is likely to be the three seed. One would, now that they would play Miami at home. Kansas City could lose. But what, I mean, yeah. certainly could, uh, you yeah. know. 
I mean, I, I think, is it fair to say right now, you've got Baltimore and everybody else? Yes. Is that yeah. fair? Now, Buffalo's probably at the front of the line of everybody else, but that, that's what the AFC looks like right now. I would say so. And that's where, like, once again, I think they took a, a big hit because, like, man, you're supposed to dominate the Patriots, right? But it's like, look at the rest of the landscape. Everyone else doesn't look good either. Now, the Bills did have four turnovers today, escaped two field goals, you know, one with a miss, one with a delay game, and still were fighting tooth and nail with Bailey Zappi. So that, that's a concern, but I'm with you. You know, and I think you guys are right. I think if they win next week, um, they'd be in great shape to be at least a deep playoff contender, you know. Um, now, let's, let's finish this up with next week. Do they win next week, AJ? I think so. I, I, I hate to, you know, they, they just seem to have the Dolphins number. I hate to, you know. Go to that line. Yeah, I go you. to that, you know, because Bill fans are going to say it on Twitter, X all week long. We own the Dolphins, 9 out of 10, yada, yada, this. But they do just seem to match up well against them. And, um, you know, the Dolphins took a lot of hits injury-wise today. Who knows how many of them are able to come back for this game. I think they have enough momentum. It's going to be, you know, good weather, presumably, in Miami. I think they can, they can get it done. Carol? Uh, I would say the same. I mean, Bradley Chubb gets hurt down 30 points in a, in a blowout to the Ravens. Oh, Xavier Howard left. That would be a whole nother. Like, that, for Miami game day recap, we talk about that for half an hour. <laughs> right, and Xavier Howard leaves in the first quarter. Uh, Jalen Waddle presumably won't play, dealing with a high ankle sprain. Those are three really, really darn good players who aren't going to play against a Bills team that's going to be hungry. We assume the back is against the wall. We don't know exactly when they're going to play in terms of win and end scenarios. But um, I think at this point, they have their number. Dolphins are down some, some key guys. I think the Bills will get it done. Totally with you. The injuries to me are too much for Miami. I just don't. They're home, and you still have Tua, and you still have Tyreek Hill. And we've seen Tyreek Hill in red and yellow, you know, destroy games against Buffalo by himself. So it's not impossible. The one thing I will say is that if the Bills don't handle their business against Miami, with Jacksonville playing Tennessee at home, or Tennessee, and uh, Pittsburgh catching a Baltimore team that will probably play all their backups, I don't see that back door being open. They better win their own game, or you know, there'll be only one more Buffalo game to recap left to go this year. And the one thing that also might be, you know, help in their favor, yeah, Miami's playing for the division, but they're already in the playoffs, they're hurt, so if, it, you know, if they get down a touchdown, two in the second, third quarter, do they just kind of pack it up and say, all right, let's, let's make sure we get healthy? I'm not saying they're like going to pull guys, but just mentally, will they have the fight to, to get back and try and win that game, to earn a home game rather than just, you know, be a six or seven seed? I think that's another thing that goes in the Bills' favor. The funny thing is, too, is that let's say Miami wins and either Pittsburgh or Jacksonville wins, then Miami's reward for beating Buffalo at home in a winner-take-all division game is to play Buffalo at home again the next week. And, and – doesn't sound like any kind of reward to me. I mean, if you're the Dolphins, if you beat Buffalo, you should be able to knock them out, you know? So I, I think AJ's got a good point there. Yeah, I mean, fourth quarter down two scores, eight minutes left. Usually, you know what, let's keep fighting. In the Miami scenario this weekend, you know what, y'all? We're going into postseason anyways. Let's not lose anybody else. Well, to be fair, the Bills have been up two scores in one game in the last, like, what, three months? You know, so expecting that to happen in Miami probably is too much. All right, that will be a discussion for next week. Remember, you can watch Buffalo Game Day Recap every single week at RochesterFirst.com on YouTube, and you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. For Carl Jones and A.J. Feldman, I'm Thad Brown. We will talk to you again next week from Miami, someday, sometime. Who the heck knows? Probably going to be late at night, but it certainly will be a whole lot of fun. We'll talk to you then.